and welcome to the Woods, Water, Mizzou podcast, episode number six. I'm one of your co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me tonight are Cole and Case. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing well. Doing well. Well, guys, it was a bye week, so we don't have any uh, football to talk about as far as reviewing. Uh, I hope that's a good thing, <laughs> not a bad thing. But uh, we said last week that we're going to do a basketball preview. And before we get into our basketball preview, we want to send you, if you haven't listened to yet, uh, the Mizzou That's Who podcast with Gabe DeArman, uh, Tucker Franklin, and Maggie Johnson. Uh, they were able to get C.Y. Young, uh, the associate head coach of the men ba- men's basketball program, on. And we all three agree that that is a great uh, podcast, great interview. And highly recommend recommend listening to that. Yeah, CY is a great speaker and got a lot of energy. Gets really excited about the season coming up and what this program might be able to do. Yeah, and he, I mean, he stays many times how long he's been in the game, um, and for good reason. I mean, he's had you know success pretty much everywhere he's went. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this pre-recording, but I, I've also had the pleasure to meet CY um, a couple times. And in the times I've met him and then also listening to that interview, um, both were, you know, both were very genuine, um, very approachable person and, um, you know, really kind of um, hears you out. You know what I mean? It's not uh, it's not just, you know, listening to, to him talk or whatever. He's very interested in what you have to say when you're sitting there having a conversation with himself. Yeah, go check them out on the um, zoo that too. They uh, they did a great interview with them. And if if you're a Mizzou fan like us and listening to him and his vision and you know reason that why not Mizzou? Why 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 can't Mizzou basketball be great? It has had great runs. Why can't we build and sustain greatness here? If well, yeah. you can't li- listen to the way he talks about it, like and that don't get you pumped up, I don't know what will get you pumped up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and he even kind of um, – I, I hope – kind of spoiler alert for if you haven't gone and listened to it yet. So if you don't want to hear a spoiler, pause this and go listen to that first and then come back. But um, he said when he was in high school – I don't know if you guys caught this or not – that Mizzou was one of his dream schools. And I, I really I really hope he can find that article because, man, that would be How something cool would else. that be? That'd be sweet, yeah. man, that, like, you know, kind of see that come full circle. And we've actually seen CY before. We just didn't really know it. Um, I kind of made the connection when he had referenced Florida State. And I knew he came from Florida State. But we saw them in the NCAA tourney in 2017. Um, and they – if I if my memory served me correctly, at least in the second half, they kind of beat us like a drum. Um, I don't remember being close at all that game. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in front of a I'm not in front of a computer right now, but I'm sure one of you guys can look up the uh, look up summary of that game. But regardless, I'm uh, I'm stoked stoked he's at Mizzou. Um, really stoked that they were able to lock down that interview and kind of bring that to bring that to the fan base and for everybody to kind of check out. Maybe one day we'll get big enough where we start bringing guests <laughs> on like that too. Right. <laughs> Hopefully, man. Hopefully, I can lock down Chase, their director of basketball operations. I got a pretty good relationship with him, and I don't know. Maybe as the uh, the season goes along or during the winter break, we can lock something down. Well, guys, just go over real quick uh, 
if you remember a lot about last year, Mizzou basketball, wash it out of your memory because <laughs> there's a lot of change. Uh, we finished the year 12 and 21. Uh, coach Martin was let go of his duties of the head basketball coach. And as far as I can tell, most all of his staff is gone as well. Uh, along with that, we only returned three starters. So names like Javon Pickett, uh, he's at St. Louis University playing for the Bilkins. Uh, Mari Davis, he went to Wright State. Uh, Boogie Coleman went back to Ball State. Dewan Gordon went to New Mexico State. Trevin Brazil, he's in my backyard at Arkansas. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, mercy. I apologize if I get names wrong here. There's a couple that I hang up on here. Uh, is that Sean Droop? Drew Gordon. Yeah. Okay. He yep. went to Austin P State University. Anton Brookshire. He's actually transferred to Iona, uh, playing for Rick Patino there. Oh, wow. Uh, the St. Louis kid I was really hyped about, and man, just injuries kept kept him out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all get that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He went to OU. Uh, that's a big boo for me, too. Okay. And then the seven foot three, uh, seventh wonder, eighth wonder of the world, and Jordan <laughs> Wilmore ended up at Northwestern State in Louisiana. Okay. Uh, so our new coach is Dennis Gates. CY Young, we talked about. He is the associate head coach. David Nutt is an assistant coach, and Kyle Smith Peters is an assistant coach. Uh, Really excited about that coaching staff. They seem to be young and energetic and have a, have a great vision for what they want to do at Mizzou. Uh, returning starter or returning players, uh, guard forward is actually how the university has him listed, but 6'8", uh, senior 250-pound Kobe Brown. Uh, Ronnie DeGray Jr., or he, Ronnie DeGray, he's a junior, uh, six foot six, two twenty five forward, and then Colby's little brother, Caleb Brown, that's not so little, six foot six, uh, two fifty, and they had CG beside that, so I would assume that's combo guard. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's correct. And then on the transfers in, uh, Mohammed Diara. 6'10", 215 from Garden City Community College. He's a junior. And I believe he's he was the top Juco kid in the country, right? I, yeah. I believe so. Yep. Uh, watching video highlights of him, he, he's tall, linky, uh, really seemed to bring a lot of energy on defense, uh, real good at keeping the, the defender in front of him. He also has pretty good handles, it looks like, for you know his size and and really good vision with passing the ball. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see him play. And then we bring in a Trey Go Million. Got to love that last name. Mm-hmm. He's 6'4", 210, uh, fifth-year senior from Cleveland State. Uh, he seemed to be a, a role player there. He was 10 points, 4.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists, shot 52% from the field. So he seems to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, And we brought in a 
guard DeAndre Golston, six foot five, two fifteen from Milwaukee, another fifth year senior. Uh, I think why coach went after him is because he hit a game winner in overtime versus Cleveland State in twenty twenty one. And then we have guard Demoy Hodge, uh, six foot four, one eighty eight, fifth year senior from Cleveland State. Uh, he seems to be a scorer when he's on. Uh, scored thirty one points versus Oklahoma State last year. Averaged fifteen point four points per game. Uh, guy I'm really excited about, Nick Honor. I believe he was at SEC Media Days today with Coach and Kobe. Yeah, uh, he's five, five foot ten, two hundred pounds. Grad transfer from Cleveland or from Clemson. Uh, the one stat I like about him, he shot ninety point five percent from the free throw line. That's very important. Close, tight games, uh, especially late in the games, being able to to close it out there. And then the one guy that I think all of Mizzou's excited for is Isaiah Mosley, 6'5", 205 from Missouri State, senior, averaged 20.4 points, 50.4 field goal percent, 42% from three, 90% free throw shooter. Uh, I'm sure you guys have some thoughts on him coming in. Oh, definitely. Um, It's great getting a kid from Columbia back in Coma, Mizzou, in a position we really need because we haven't had a a real scorer at all last year. I think Drew Smith was probably – that role even before that. But uh, let's just talk about the fact that all these new guys, all this talent, I think it's going to take time for these guys to kind of start gelling, you know, and luckily there's a few easy games start the season, you know, maybe they can find their bearings, but we our non-con is pretty rough. And I think there might be a few, uh, you know, rough games, but I think we'll get to the SEC play. There's so much more talent here that we might be able to hang around a little bit. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd agree. Sure. I'd agree. Um, I, I think they mentioned in the uh, the Mizzou That's Who podcast that uh, I believe Dennis was brought in April, brought in on however you want to say it, um, in the April time frame. Is that, is that about correct? Does that sound about yeah, right? I think it was late March for him. but like, Yeah, late, yeah, late yeah. March, early April, somewhere in there. So, you know, we're looking at, what, six months? Um, Six months that you know they've had to to put together seven months, I guess, by the time yeah. the season starts um, to kind of put everything together to you know get these players to gel. Um, I think you guys, both of you, may know this, but uh, some of the listeners might not. Um, they actually came to where I work uh, at the at the air traffic control tower, at Columbia Regional Airport. I'd kind of line that up with Chase and with uh, Coach Gates um, on the couple of times I'd met them, and. Um, so they all came up, brought the whole team. Um, and it was really cool for them to get to see, you know, not only something that most people don't get to see, but also, you know, kind of, um, I guess, make the correlation between, you know, communication at what happens at an airport, but also communication, you know, from a team aspect and me to be able to show them, Hey, you know, here's all the different entities that help make, you know, this organization run. And it's no different than a basketball team. Um, you know, you got your head, you got all your coaches, and you got you know the players, and to be able to make all those little um, comparisons to everything, it really kind of helped them um, put everything together. I think one 
piece, uh, Skeeter, that you didn't mention that was brought on in the offseason was uh, Flip is back, Phil Pressy. Um, I believe he yeah. is on the staff as a grad assistant, correct? I did not see that, actually. Okay, yeah, he's uh, he's back because he was there. <laughs> he was there in the tower. I don't know if he was just tagging along or what, but – no, um, he's he got announced as a I I don't know what kind of position he has as assistant coach grad, somewhere. Yeah, grad assistant. Is that or, what it is? I think it's something like that. Um, he's not like assistant coach or something like that, but but I think is, that's yeah. huge. That's a huge addition to to the staff to be able to. I mean, we all grew up probably you know watching that era. You know, the 2011, totally. 2012 of of Mizzou basketball where they were killing it, and I was already grown. Very talented. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. That's that's our last like good memory. Uh, you know, aside yeah. from the my, the porters coming to town. Um, well, but, I have some other players to talk about that that came in. Uh, I only got about halfway through there. We went off. Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a whole new roster. It is uh, absolutely. It's like a whole new team. A, another, I, I would assume bench guy because I only got 1.6 minutes last year, but guard Ben Stenberg, six foot, 165, fifth year senior from Cleveland State. Uh, uh, a forward that I'm excited about, just his size and uh, some of the highlights I watched of him, but Noah Carter from Northern Iowa. He's a junior, six foot six, 235, average 15 points, 48% field goal, uh, four rebounds a game. At center, uh, the only center on the roster, uh, Maber, Majak, M-A-B-O-R-M-A-J-A-K. He's seven foot two. He transferred in from Cleveland State as well. He's a junior. He averaged 4.3 minutes uh, a game last year as a sophomore. Uh, And then we brought in point guard. Sean East, the second, six foot three, 180, from John A. Logan Community College. Uh, he's a junior. He actually started his career, it looks like, at UMass and played a year at Bradley. Then he went community college, and now he's Mizzou. So he's he's well traveled. Been around a little bit. Um, yeah. It sounds like he's kind of had a few issues and spots, but. I, I hate to keep referencing a different podcast, but as CY said, it seems like him and CY got a pretty good relationship and maybe he's kind of, you know, found a, a more supportive home here or something, you know? And if he gets very many minutes, like just watching his tape, he's very quick with his decisions. Uh, he gets the ball in his hand and he's either making a move to the basket, uh, shooting a three. It, it almost looked like he's a left-handed release, but both hands stay on the ball. For so long is actually kind of hard for me to tell, but I believe he's the lefty. Uh, but he, he's really, I saw a lot of potential in him. Yeah. And let me bring in two freshmen, uh, guard Jackson Francois, I would assume. That's uh, six foot fun. four, uh, 155 pounds. So he, he needs to get some meat on his bones there. <laughs> yeah, six foot four, 155. Six. <laughs> it's the, uh, uh it's, that's the AD's son. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that okay, makes sense. but I didn't, I didn't connect the dots there. Thank you, Case. <laughs> but he's from Vegas, so yeah, that even makes more sense because she came from UNLV. Uh, played a high school ball at Bishop Gorman. Uh, I guess that's a real, 
That's a real high school, not not the uh, Bishop. What was the football team a couple years ago? The (laughs) ESPN. And then the other freshman, uh, Aiden Shaw, six foot eight, one ninety five. You from Blue Valley High School there. Yeah, boy, KC kid. Love to see it. I'd say that's a that that's aside from. Aside from the entire, you know, turnover of the staff, I mean, the the fact that Dennis was able to, uh, Coach Gates was able to, you know, secure that commitment. Um, oh yeah, that's massive. I think it's that's huge. So, yeah. I mean, it sounded like uh, he does a little local spot on here in eight ten every now and then, um, and he is from. I know he lives in Kansas, but he is from like a Mizzou family. Oh, like uh, his mom, his mom is sent to go hold her. Already before you know her son ever went there, she said, like, "You are going to Mizzou." <laughs> so they they actually have him and his mom on every week, and they're they're hilarious. They're really oh, cool. Awesome. Like, I think Mizzou fans are going to love Aiden. His personality is great. His mom is hilarious, and they're just they're great people. But they, uh, they, so he wanted to pull out because he's like, "Mom, I just want to make sure I like the new coach." You know, at Mizzou, like, what if you know? And basically, she was something along the lines of like, "Well, he has to be pretty bad if you not to, not to end up going there." <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah but yeah they are a mizzou through and through well just looking at the roster there uh i see a lot of potential but one thing that does worry me is the size down low we seem to be long and athletic on on the outside on the wing but uh getting getting down there and beating against the boards you know with other other big boys uh that does concern me a little bit but with that said, I don't really I haven't went and looked at all the other SEC schools rosters, and I mean we may have similar size or bigger. No, it's it's definitely a gap in our in our rotation, and it's uh, compared to Drinkwitz, him Gates getting a big man eluded him kind of like a quarterback did Drinkwitz this off season. He was in on a bunch of them, but we were everyone's second choice on that, and it's just you know. You can get great recruits all over the spots, but the the five spot really did kind of elude elude Gates. Now that being said, he just got a really good six ten kid for the next freshman class, right, Butler. Yeah. So he, we're gonna fill that role, but it it's it definitely gonna be a weak spot for the team this season, uh, unless I mean, the we DR have Majak. Yeah, we got Majak uh, and nope. Diara, but I don't. I just you worry yeah. about Diara getting up to speed so quickly as a as a JUCO. Well, and I feel like last season we, you know, players like Kobe Brown, um, you know, just due to our lack of ball handling, I feel like we saw, you know, players that are six eight and guys that really, you know, should be kind of in either in that shooting guard spot or, you know, maybe you can play kind of a combo guard. Um, you know, we saw guys like Kobe Brown play in that spot rather than maybe, you know, down low. And Kobe um, needs to be low. You're right. Yeah, so you, I think, you're right. We had we had no ball handlers at all last season. We had no the fact ball that handlers. Kobe could just and, bring it up successfully was why he was handling the ball so much. Right, and aside from you know Jordan Wilmore, um, you know last season everyone was like six seven, six eight. Yeah, um, we had a bunch of twos and threes, and that was exactly. It. So I think you know from a size aspect, the the fact that there's a little bit of diversity, um, you know, guys that uh, I guess are more. A, appropriate size to play the position that they play rather than, you know, like I said, a six, eight guy who, you know, might be your best ball handler bringing it up, but also should probably be down on the block kind of deal. So I am excited to see that. 
with with that said, I mean, like, I feel we have the length, uh, you know, especially to protect the perimeter, you know, the, the long twos and the threes. And uh, watching the clips of practice that Coach Gates puts on, uh, going back and watching some Cleveland State games, like, he really seems to put an emphasis on team defense. Yeah. Uh, and, man, if they could be pesky and irritate, the opponent, I'm all for it. You know, e- oh, even if we do give up a little bit of size, if we have the athletic ability to rotate and uh, somebody swap down and, and double, if somebody is bigger on the opposing team, you know, double them up, but still be able to, to have the link with the other three guys to cover the perimeter. Uh, I'm excited for that aspect of it. it. I don't know if y'all saw your Twitter feeds today, but you know, it was SEC media days for basketball, and Kobe Brown actually grew an inch during the off season. So, I did see uh, that. <laughs> forgive me for listing him at six eight two fifty. He is now six nine two fifty. Uh, and then the other thing that stood out to that was Coach Gates was asked what sold him on choosing Mizzou, and did y'all see who referenced him and sold him on on the university? Was, no, I didn't. It was Konza, wasn't it? Yes, Coach Martin actually yeah. spoke very high of Columbia and the university and uh, just the people he used to work with. So uh, huh. maybe Coach Martin's greatest recruit there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> – Yeah, maybe. Well, and, you know, there was so much said, um, you know, last season that, you know, uh, it, it was – I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Uh, you know, Conzo Martin had the the good guy, um, the good guy syndrome, you know, like he could have been the greatest mentor in the world, um, you know, really getting players developed for, for life. Um, but as far as coaching and winning basketball games, you know, maybe not the strongest suit. Um, he was the Barry Odom of our basketball program. Yeah. I mean, we could have, you know, pulled the, the, what was the uh, old Tennessee coach, Butch Jones, uh, Champions of Life? Like, yeah, <laughs> kind of had a, a Champions of Life head coach, but which is fine and dandy. I'm all for it. You know, basketball is a very short window in these players' lives, um, you know, as college basketball at least. Um, but at the same time, uh, you're not, you know, you're not coached as a mentor or you're not being paid to, to be a, uh, a mentor. You're, being paid to coach and win basketball games. So um, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I'm going to go real quick just over the month of November uh, because football will carry on until the 19th, I believe. Or maybe – no, it'll be the week after the 19th. Yeah, it'll be the, the Black Friday or the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Hopefully we have a bowl game to talk about after that game too. But yeah, boy. Uh, so we'll still be caught up in a lot of football talk from here on until the end of November. So uh, I was excited yesterday. I, I saw the news that they had to Washington University for an ex- exhibition game. Yeah. Uh, then I was disappointed today when I saw it was Washington University in St. Louis, not the Washington Huskies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not going to schedule the you know, Division One school is an exhibition game, so. Hey, I, I was all for it. Like, let's see what we got. 
but that'll be on November 3rd. Uh, so that'll be a, a Thursday before the Kentucky game. Then on the 7th, they have Southern Indiana. On Veterans Day, the 11th, they have Penn University from the Ivy League. All these games are in Columbia, by the way. On the 13th of November, they play Lindenwood. Mm-hmm. On the 15th, uh, if you look on there, it's S-I-U-E. And I had no clue what that was, so I had to Southern Google it. Southern Illinois University of Edwards. Edwards, yep. yep. The Salukis, then, right? The Salukis. That's right. Yeah. And then on the 20th, Jerry Rice's university is coming, Mississippi uh, Valley State. On the 23rd, Coastal Carolina. On the 26th, Houston Christian. Uh, so that's our, our warm-up games. Hopefully we're undefeated at that point. And then on the 29th, close out the month, we go to Wichita, Kansas, and play the Shockers. Hmm. That's going to be a little bit of a be good. Yeah, it'll be a good first road test for sure. It will be, sure. The schedule really ramps up in December. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll yeah, get it to it at a later podcast because yeah. it, it can be an episode on its own <laughs> with the games in there. Uh, we'll have a lot of a lot of fire to talk about some of those schools out west that we might play. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if we we win all those first games, 8-0, 9-0, we'll be if, and win at Wichita State, I'll be like, you know what? Can't nothing stop us, but I don't want, <laughs> I, don't want I don't want blind ignorance and, and you know, fandom to uh, to influence my decisions. So, yeah, I think that's a good call. We'll wait for another podcast on that. Uh, at Wichita State, I just hope that's the First win of university from the state of Kansas that we get to beat this year. Hopefully, the Wichita students are still on like winter break or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that that's uh, all I have as far as uh, just kind of roster changes, coaching staff change, and then preview the opening month. There, uh, I'm very excited. If y'all have anything else you want to add, feel free. But. Uh, other than that, I'm ready to go to our Woods report. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, we had a pretty big thunderstorm Saturday. It was 91 here. My buddy texted me. He's like, hey, you want to go back to the National Forest? I said, not 90 degree weather. <laughs> so he went and he didn't see a thing. Uh, I told him, I said, you know, there's supposed to be storms coming in tonight. I said, tomorrow morning, that'll be really good. Well, my wife had a crafts event she wanted to go to. So I was on daddy duty Sunday morning, didn't get to go hunting. So I went Sunday evening. The only thing I saw was an armadillo. And other than that, that's, that's my woods report for the week. What about y'all? Uh, so I was going to go out Friday night and then ended up not instead took my, uh, my daughter on a little hayride. My, my family's farms did a little something like that. So family bonding time. And then I was going to spend all day Saturday hunting. I went out uh, Saturday morning, and I didn't see anything. Um, my usual spot in Platte County. And I was going to go try my farm in uh, Clinton County. But uh, one of my best friends from college, who lives in Joplin, called me. And I went back home for lunch. And he's like, hey, you know how the, the World of Outlaw race cars are in uh, Kansas tonight, and I go, yeah, he goes, well, I'm coming up there, and I got two pit passes and no one to go with, so you want to go? 
and I I had to do that. So I nice. spent the rest. I spent my entire night at the in the pits, the World of Outlaws, hanging out with him. So I nice. that's the only hunt I did. Was that was um McFadden, the Australian, okay. in the the Roth car. Yep. Someone might know that listens podcast, but uh, we're big fans of uh the the Higginsville guy Brian Brown. And there was a bunch of Missouri kids. Actually, this is this is going to kind of relate to the podcast. Um, kid out of Columbia, Missouri, not on like a big time full season team, only racing because it was so close to so close to Como. He went out, he qualified uh, real well, won his heat by like a landslide, got in the fast six dash. I was going to start the race six, which is crazy high for a car that's not like on a big name team. And then his engine went and fire shut the race, so he had a DNF. But that was pretty cool. Local kid. He was sponsored by a bunch of uh, like True Sun um, remodeling and a lot of Columbia companies oh, around there. So that's cool. Yeah, he felt for the guy. I'm gonna pull his name up real quick because I feel bad that I totally blanked on it. Give me one second. I'm gonna shout him out in my little pot. This little Garrett Williamson from Como. Hell of a race, buddy. That name sounds Garrett. very familiar. Garrett Williamson. He, he's, familiar. I think he's really quick. Super quick. And then yeah. his car wouldn't fire. Coming. Uh, my woods report. Let's see. Last we spoke, I had harvested my third doe of the year, uh, so I decided to to chill out on that. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, got got some meat in the freezer. Think I'll start transitioning to bucks. Uh, I went Monday afternoon uh, after I got off work, um, and was the real first like true day after the cold front had blew through over the weekend. Um, pretty good sit. I actually didn't have any deer in range. I did have five, no, six hens. Uh, I'm assuming it was a hen and her poults from this past spring. Uh, they were all, I mean, spitting distance. That's how close they were. Uh, right below my tree stand, I'd hung on the, the back side of a ridge, the downwind side of a ridge where my dad had bumped a pretty good buck uh, a week prior. And so I decided to use the wind cover and uh, and steady wind to just do a hanging hunt. Uh, didn't end up seeing him. Didn't really end up seeing much sign that he was kind of living there, you know, scrapes or rubs or anything like that. Um, but I was also being very conservative to not, uh, you know, push the envelope too far and end up, you know, bumping him out of his bed as I'm, you know, trying to hunt him. But did see those hens. Was very very interesting to um, to watch them. You know, just just do their like fall thing and then listen to them and things like that. Um, two spikes, a bunch of other does and fawns kind of moved through. Uh, went out last night on a different property. Or no, same property, just different area. Um, did another hanging hunt because we had pretty steady northwest winds. Got in um, where I had seen a scrape about two weeks earlier that was pretty fresh. Um, And after I had climbed down for the evening, I went over to check it out. And the scrapes were just, I mean, uh, they were about the size of a sled. Like, you know, your winter sled that your kids would sit on, the big round ones. They were just huge, uh, about half the size of a car hood. There were four or five of them under a a little hickory tree. but my hunt last night got ruined by a trespasser on a dirt bike. Um, someone that's not supposed to be in there. 
So I did get a video of it. Um, and I was kind of ranting to my wife about it. I was like, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if I was on public land or, you know, I was hunting, you know, somewhere, um, here close to Columbia called Finger Lakes, which is actually a place where you can hunt portions of it, but also go ride like off-road vehicles side by side or by KTV, all that stuff. Um, but I'm on <laughs> me and two other people, my dad and my brother-in-law have permission to hunt this place. And we're the only ones. And the, the landowner told me specifically, it's like, if you ever see anybody else out there, you tell them that they do not have permission. They need to get off. So that's what's frustrating. It's like, you know, run into that situation, got a good first good cold front, great conditions, great wind, great setup. And then it gets blown out by a dude on a dirt bike. So, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> on private land. No on less. private land. So that's, that's, that's just the thing, man. It's, it's just. Was it just out there joy riding by you the whole time? Or yeah, was it like, just like he rode by you and was gone? I heard him. I heard him a couple other times uh, riding up and down the road and not that big of a deal. Like, you know, deer here, um, vehicles and motorcycles and all that on the road all the time. But you've probably seen it. Uh, my wife and I were on a walk uh, yesterday morning and um, we'd seen a bunch of deer down in a creek bottom. And so I said, now watch, as soon as you go past the certain step, as soon as you take that first step into the woods, you're invading that bubble, that little personal bubble that they have. As soon as you invade that, boom, they're gone. And sure enough, she was like, okay, I'm going to try it. So she did, and boom, they bolted out of there. As soon as that dirt bike enters the woods, some deer are like, okay, we don't know what the hell that is. We're getting out of here. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he came uh, riding down the uh, riding down the hill. There's They had actually cleared a little area where a sewer line had been put in. So it's about 25, 30 yards wide. And, you know. Looks like it'd be a great ATV trail, I'm sure, but um, you're not <laughs> not supposed to do that. Dude had it neutral and revving it the whole time. I'm like, man, seriously. And then he loops around and goes back up the hill. And by that time, it was, you know, 20 minutes till the end of legal shooting light. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and climb down and walk out with a little bit of daylight left. So, well, that, yeah. that story reminds me of one time in Louisiana, I was hunting on, uh, good friend of mine's property and i was about nine ten foot uh up up in a climber uh but there was a sapling right in front of me that's why i didn't go any higher because uh of course in the south we're allowed to to put feed out and actually hunt on the bait pile yeah uh and so i could i could see the bait pile but I had that sapling top of the sapling for cover. And if anything come out, I could ease up over it, stand up and have, have my shot. And, uh, I guess it was really good cover because I was out there and had been out there for over an hour on an evening hunt. And here comes two old guys on a four wheeler and <laughs> they find the bait pile and they get up and say, well, somebody has been hunting this pretty hard. Looks like there's this camera. And they're looking all around and they don't see me the whole time. And, uh, <laughs> my buddy ended up telling me, he's like, they don't have permission to be out there. They do it again. He said, put an arrow at their feet and scare the piss out of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they were, they were there for a good 15, 20 minutes, just talking and, and looking around and never saw me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of enjoyed knowing my, 
my hiding spot was that good, but uh, definitely not good for the deer hunting. No, and it's just frustrating. Like, and as they were on their way out, they took a they took the path that would lead them right by my truck, um, and so clearly they knew somebody was in there, and they didn't come back after that. But I tried to hurry the best I could to get down and see if I could find out, you know, which way they'd went to. You know, I'm not gonna unless it's kind of all in your attitude. You know what I mean? If they, if I confront them like, Hey, you know, do you know whose property that is? And do you have, and I would ask them, do you have permission knowing that they don't have permission to be out there? Um, but you know, they want to get confrontational. Then yeah, well, <laughs> I got a video of it. We'll get the law involved, but I don't know. We'll see. There's a, there's a camera out there now. So if we, uh, where are we at in the state of Missouri on hunting seasons right now? Still just bow is, uh, yep. down here in Arkansas, they just finished up the first round of black powder this past weekend. Yeah. We're archery only until, uh, it would be that November 5th and 6th weekend, I believe, uh, until, or for the youth season, youth rifle. And am I right on that case? I don't know. I don't, I don't have my computer in front of me because uh, I, I usually do a 10 to 14 day break. I want to say it's the fifth and sixth for youth rifle, and then they do a week break, and then the regular rifle season opens. The rifle was like really early this year, or no? Maybe it's Halloween weekend. It, it's, it's over. It's over October. Is um, it the last one? Maybe yeah, it is. I think that's right. Yep. I saw Missouri conservationists upstairs. I'm trying to picture what it was. Because then the uh, the regular rifle season is always the second Saturday in November. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Skeeter. To answer your question, we're archery only right now. Yes. There's all kinds of other stuff that's open. I, I know some waterfowl stuff opened October one. Um, coyote, of course, year rounds. Uh, I do want. Hey, speaking of, uh, I know super fan Phil. So if you guys listen to the podcast, super fan Phil. Uh, him and I've been buddies for a while now. Um, he's a very big predator hunter guy. Um, so I do, I want to get him on him. We've already kind of talked about it. Um, I want to get him on once, uh, you know, deer season kind of peters out and the predator season ramps up. Definitely want to get him on. So Superman, Phil, appreciate you listening, brother. Absolutely. That'd be a good one. Uh, speaking of of predator hunting, there was a, a big red fox, uh, when I was leaving work yesterday and, uh, inside city limits, you don't, that's something you don't expect to see. And, you don't see a whole lot of anyways just out in the woods, right. but uh, he was sure there, uh, kind of out of sight, out of mind as far as uh, where I am in town, but I still am in town. Yeah. And uh, he was just sitting there watching me drive out, and I was like. That's the magic of cold fronts, man. Those cold fronts get everything on their feet. Like, you know, yep. some people say that, oh, you know, they're going to, and they are. Deer are going to move no matter what, but I do feel that. You know, <laughs> if they're cold, they're going to get up and eat. Um, I do think that uh, it definitely has, uh, you know, an influence on it. Did you get an answer on that case? Uh, yeah, so youth is the 29th and 30th for rifle. Okay. That'll, that'll be our first chance at that. Okay, so how long? I thought it was in October. I thought it was early this year. Yeah, that makes sense with that, I think, because then the rifle season, that would put the rifle season, what, the 12th, starting the 12th? Yeah, Tennessee game. Uh, Tennessee game. There's a meme out there. I don't know if you all have seen it, but it's a monster buck uh, down and a dad 
behind the buck and his baby, I wouldn't even call it a toddler, like <laughs> big enough to sit, you know, hold themselves up, but not walk yet. And says, uh, baby's first deer <laughs> talking about youth hunting. Uh, youth season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You have, you have Mr. Green jeans knocking on your door for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, getting into this week in Mizzou history, uh, October 19th, 2013, I picked out two games this week, uh, and I actually attended both these games in person. But number 14, Mizzou, beats number 22, Florida, 36-17. That was good, Yeah, Michael Sam three-sack game. Uh, Matty Mock had a really good game that game. Uh, It was a good time. And then my first time in Columbia, Missouri, October. October 23rd, 2010. We're actually recording tonight on the 23rd. So we're on the 12 year anniversary. Uh, you look at all different sites and they have different rankings. But if I recall right, uh, the way ESPN had it going into that game off the AP poll, I believe we were number eight and OU was number one. College game day came to town. It was homecoming. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou knocks off the Giants. Thirty-six twenty-seven. Both my games in in Columbia, we scored thirty-six and won. Okay, well, we can't wait for you to get up here for the Kentucky. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) We scored thirty-six points, boy. I'd be tickled. Oh boy, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of Kentucky game, uh, just going over the updated SEC East standings. You have Georgia four and O, uh, Tennessee three and O, and then Kentucky sitting two and two, uh, South Carolina one and two, Florida one and three, and then Vanderbilt and Mizzou both O and three. Uh, so somebody's still going to be on the bottom. Uh, the winner of the game will will get to move up. Uh, speaking Can't of let it be us, yeah, Golly, man. <laughs> we should be sitting what fourth in the SEC? Yeah, we should have at least beat Golly. Auburn, Auburn, and in Florida, man. Honestly, Auburn when and Florida. You, when you look at the stats of the Florida game, there's no reason we lose that ball game other than giving up the rushing yards we gave up yeah. and we've, the turnovers. <laughs> we've already talked. I don't want to get pissed off all over again. <laughs> let's just move <laughs> on. Do that again. <laughs> but let, let's, speaking of homecoming, this week, uh, Saturday, the 22nd, I believe I saw the parade is at 9 a.m. Ball game is 3 p.m. Uh, Vandy comes to town. ESPN has it on their score predictor. Has us at an 84.6% chance of winning. Uh Mizzou is favored by 14, and the over-under is at 51. Uh, both teams are on a three-game losing streak. The only thing that concerns me on that is Vandy's three-game losing streak. Number two, Bama. Number nine, Ole Miss. Number one, Georgia. Could you imagine having those three games in a row? That would be terrible. <laughs> I feel bad for all ten Vandy fans. Golly, who's their other West opponent for this year? So they played Bama. Who's their – is it LSU? I'd like What's, to know that. Is Bama their yearly? Oh, no, I guess they played – No, no the so yearly they played is, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah Ole, Ole Miss, Miss and Alabama. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I wonder – yeah, I wonder who their yearly cross division I, I is. I think it is Bama. 
There's oh, no way. Good Lord. I, I think it is. No. I'm looking, I'll have to double check that, but I I, I want to say Bam and Vandy play every Dude, year. I'm nice. looking up. I think it's Ole Miss. It's Ole Miss. It's Ole Miss. Is okay. it? Okay. Ole Miss, yeah. Okay. It that just seems me, like they it's a hundred year by rivalry. Bama. Who's Bama's? Every uh, is it Tennessee? It's Tennessee then. Yeah, yeah Tennessee because that's the yeah. what's that what's that rivalry called? I don't know. It was a hell of a game Saturday. Oh, hell of an environment. <laughs> I can't wait for Perot to be like that on yeah. a weekly basis. Called the throw yeah. the goalpost in the river rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome, man. That was I a great game. I can't hate that. We take ours to a bar. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chopped it up. Man, I'd like to find somebody who has some of that goalpost sitting on their mantle. Oh, for real. I'd like to know. Well, who who would have held on versus Georgia? We'd know a few more people have some. No kidding. Hell, you might have some. Yeah. Well, Case, me and you, we'll be there, brother. Yeah. Yeah, well. Stoked. Um, Anyone listening? Case, you're tailgating, correct? Yes, it's getting ready to say. So uh, we tailgate right in lot M, right across from the Hearn Center. Uh, If you know where Truman's Taxi, the fire truck, starts its journey before the game, we literally. Uh, are right next to that. So when it gets done doing its parade stuff, it comes parks there, right there next to Hearns and the softball stadium. Um, it's on the southeast side of the Hearns. Yes, sir. Exactly. So and if, if, if you want to be able to see where Case is, there'll be two light poles moving around, but they're not light poles. It's Brett's Harbor <laughs> and Case. Yeah, uh, we're tall guys. Two giants hang out, yeah. tailgate together. Really good guys, both of them. Uh, I, I can't wait to get up there and actually see y'all face to face finally. Yeah, excited to excited for Kentucky. That'll be yeah. A good plug time. your uh, plug your Twitter case so they can you can post a picture. Of oh that yeah, picture of Brett. Um, yeah, post listen, it, you want to find us? You don't already follow me? It's uh, that's not it. That's it. It is at <laughs> Case from Ace. C A S E F R O M. M Ace. Oh my God! Where we do that? <laughs> I just started throwing <laughs> vowels in there for no reason. I don't know what the hell that was. Ace, like the card. Case yeah, from like the Ace. Case from Ace. There you go. Thanks, Cole. You did it better than I can. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I had a, I had a few beers during this. Um, oh, DM me or just tweet at me, and I'll I'll send you a little map. But man, more the merrier. I got some buddies coming. I know um, other guys I tailgate with. My tailgating family there. They got more friends coming in. We want to do it big. We want to have a big party. It's homecoming. No one does it better than us. We invented it. Did you, uh, did you end up finding a, a hotel or an Airbnb or something? Oh, no. Um, got a sitter for the day. We're going to drive down early, and uh, we're gonna, my wife's going to drive back. So gotcha. we're going to load up in the – I'll drive down my truck down there, and she'll drive her back. My birthday is real soon after this, so this is kind of my birthday. Her present to me is just being okay. a DD. That's a good. That's a good present. We're that. trying to rebuild our, our savings account after going on like three vacations this summer. So a nice cheap <laughs> uh, cheap gift for me is there just DD for me for this homecoming. Well, yeah, man, and memories. Those are the best gifts anyway. So yeah, for sure. Well, guys, uh, as far as this game, uh, it's just time to put up and shut up. Uh, it's yeah. time for our boys to show up and actually show what the Mizzou Tigers can do for 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Vandy's defense is averaging giving up 493.7 yards a game. So oh, by <laughs> golly, we better have some yards and some points or I'm going to be one frustrated thing. Coming I'd like to see the podcast that. next week. 
I'd yep. like to see those numbers fixed. Remove Bama, Georgia, and all well, that's a good of that. point. Those like are three pretty potent offenses. Huh? I'd like to see those those statistics without those three games. So, what are how many other games they played? Three or four? I'd like to see those statistics. Maybe I'll look that up after this. But four ninety three. Holy cow, man! Almost five hundred yards of offense. That's yeah. Uh, it's quite a few. Uh, Drink did say in his presser. Uh, that uh, they worked really hard on penalties, uh, holding guys accountable. He said they don't really get to hit on the penalties too much in game week because they're so worried about uh, implementing the new game plan. Yeah. And, man, I, I hope, I hope the boys are listening to coach. Uh I don't think penalties is a, is a lack of coaching at this point. It's just uh, having the skill and the discipline to not keep committing the penalties that we have been this year. Yeah, and I saw Dave Matter. I think it was Dave Matter had um, had tweeted out a link to an article. Um, I guess he had an interview with Brady Cook or something that Brady had gone back and looked at every single throw from the first half of the season, and you know, um, had talked about how you know he's gonna he's planning to change it, which of course is, you know, number one thing of uh, realizing you have a problem is recognizing the problem yeah. is, you know, going back and reviewing that. So that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I will see, man, it's cliche, but this is a show me state. So you are, uh, you're gonna have to show me. Got to show us. Coach got me a little excited too, because he talked about uh, Sam Horn and Tyler Macon both having Really good weeks of practice during the bye week there. So, uh, you think we're getting to him? You think the fans are getting to him on that? I, you know what? Maybe, but maybe it's just the fact that he knows he has a Ferrari in the garage, and the one thing that's <laughs> holding him back is Brady Cook, who yeah. is, oh, you know, man. who is running like my my broken Ford Focus outside. <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a Ferrari sitting in the garage, but you got to get that you got to get that you know sixty eight Camaro with no engine out of the way first before <laughs> so you can drive that Ferrari. <laughs> man, we know uh, Brady, but we're gonna you, see, man. I guess. Running back, Elijah Young, uh, I believe, on Tiger Talk tonight from Tweets I Seen. Uh, looks like he's going to be good to go. Uh, and then Coach also said Lovett and uh, Luther should Hopefully. both be good to go. Uh, we're getting DJ uh, or, or Jackson. Is DJ his – yeah, DJ Jackson, the cornerback. Get, getting him yeah. back in the secondary. Uh believe Chris Adrian James will be good to go. Believe uh Chad Bailey's good to go. So man, that bye week was needed. You don't really think about oh, all the injuries. Was. But we we had a lot across the board at key positions. Yeah. We did, man. We were in a rough spot. And uh you 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 know, you love to play revisionist history, but I mean you gotta think we had some of these guys healthy versus Florida. We you know, could have slowed down the running game a little bit, changed the outcome. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't think about that until you get everyone back and you're like, holy hell, how many guys are we missing? Yeah. Well, since we didn't lose last week, I'm very optimistic. Uh, I do it to myself weekly. It's what <laughs> happens when you live amongst fans of other fan bases and you're only a Mizzou fan you know. So you've got to believe in your team because nobody else uh, does in my daily life. 
So as far as score predictions, I don't give a damn about points at this point. Just win the damn ball game, please, yeah. Mizzou Tigers. I'm with you. I don't want to. I don't want to make predictions. I think I last, we've made three predictions in a row, and we're losing three games. So maybe we'll just say, you know, go Tigers yep. until we start rattling and you know getting things a little more concrete. We won't do any. My prediction is that I get to the better half of a thirty rack before kickoff. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's my prediction. Is <laughs> Case going to be in a case race? Oh, oh Case man. might be in a case race. Heck there yeah. we go. There we go. Well, guys, I uh, hope you all have a great time. Cole, I hope you're able to get away from work and get there at a decent time yeah, to where you're able to enjoy try. maybe a little pregame festivities. Yeah. Uh, Case, I hope, I hope all the listeners we have uh, that are there come up and what pictures taken autographs uh, hey hey you never know you never know might be some kid out there listening to us thinking we're something <laughs> yeah and hey case just because i'm not tailgating okay doesn't mean you got to tailgate for me okay so just <laughs> take it easy all right i know it's homecoming and all that but just take it easy all right hey win or lose we always booze <laughs> uh, well guys I, ho- I hope you have a great time saturday uh looking forward to it it's we're, we're in our second half swing of the season. And uh, to go back to the beginning of the show, we're, we're starting to get ready for basketball talk here coming pretty quick. So a lot going on for our Tigers. Uh, I'm, a, I'm excited for it. I also saw, and I meant to mention this last week, it just hit me, but the wrestling team will have a duel, I believe, outdoors oh, right. in the softball field. Yeah, how cool yeah. is that? Uh, that that is awesome. That like, is awesome. What a cool program. Like, we, I know it's not a big name sport, but man, like, our wrestling program is top notch. We are top flight in that. They are oh, indeed. I, I want to see that national championship banner in wrestling just as I want to see it in football because yeah. we've, we've had some guys, uh, but as far as team aspect, we just seem to slip off a little bit when we get to nationals. And I know it's a whole, whole different ball game that last week, but, uh, you know, we got Keegan O'Toole coming back. Uh, defending national champion in his weight class, and uh, I believe there's a couple more that can step up and get some good medals this year for us. So I'm excited for that. Excited. Well, that is all I have. Do y'all have anything else for this this episode? That's it, man. Follow y'all next week, and hopefully, uh, recapping a comfortable Mizzou win. Should Should we give a teaser for? what we might have in the works. Yeah, we can. Um, Make it real vague, talk, though. Yeah, real vague. Get real, real vague. vague. Well, you talked about 2012 being uh, the last great year that we had to celebrate Mizzou basketball, and we might have somebody that has a pretty good vantage point of that 2012 squad. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, Nothing for certain yet, but working hard to get that lined out. Yeah, buddy. For net- upcoming yeah. episode of the podcast I think everybody will love. I think, well, I guys, uh, hope you have a great week with work. Safe hunting. Uh, hopefully you have good harvest to talk about next week. Uh, three o'clock kickoff I'm not fond of because it either makes me choose football on TV or football on my phone because I like to be back in the deer woods on Saturday evening since I don't live anywhere close to Como. So, I will yeah. probably be listening via the Varsity app uh, 
I say you get, out, you get out and hunt uh, Saturday morning and then watch the ball game. It's homecoming, Skeeter. You got to watch the game. And we're on the SEC now. It's not like we're on, you know. SEC plus, 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 yeah, plus. Yeah, SEC plus, you know, asterisk, star, <laughs> you know, stream yeah, only really. from this app. You better With you this network, I have SEC network today, but who knows Saturday morning <laughs> if I will have it. That's right. <laughs> I still uh, watch okay. Georgia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for joining us on episode six. For Case Cole, I'm Skeeter signing us off. M I Z Z O U. Have a good week, y'all. Go, Tigers.